chapter twenty nine of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter twenty nine then did rumour painted full of tongues enter into lady jim's strictly private life and depart with half-truths for the bewildering of gossips in some marvellous way the news leaked out as news will despite careful caulking of the human vessels containing it lord james kames ran the babel had been kidnapped by his medical attendant who substituting an illegal corpse for that of the husband he wished to supplant had plotted to secure the wife this was the tune correct enough then came its variations the hurdy-gurdy of society ground out wonderful twiddles and twists of false notes distorting the original theme into a melody leah herself would not have recognised not that she heard any of the fioritura prudence counselled a retreat to firmingham pending the home-coming of jim and thither very wisely she went at this crisis of her fortunes lady jim felt that she required the countenance of all truly respectable people however dull and therefore sheltered like a maltreated chick under hilda frith's wing to console the widowed and orphaned was her obvious excuse so obvious indeed that she declined to make it thus did she escape questions about the one engrossing topic of drawing-room club and public-house bar every one from the lowest to the highest talked exhaustively and the newspapers cheap and costly printed scandal with alluring recklessness out of london e c issued halfpenny journals with lurid headings over incomplete histories of the plot invented on unsound premises these transparent fictions began with the russian's snake-in-the-grass intrusion into the happy home of an attached couple and ended with a political cry for the exclusion of such immoral aliens from the island of the blest which is england the more expensive small beer chronicles refused to believe that so fantastic an occurrence could have happened in these enlightened days of police courts and publicity but nevertheless supplied middle-class breakfast-tables with equally doubtful data out of which to weave romances of the minor peerage the triangle of dumas the younger cried one scribe with a fine disregard for meaning and metaphor must never be sounded in our dear motherland a sufficient sample this of the stuff supplied but since the silly season prevailed when reporters one and all were credited with march hare madness such incongruities were pardoned and the public gaped to swallow full-sized camels the clubs buzzed like hives at swarming time for their members wondered at jim's adventure wondered also how so knowing a johnny so they put it could allow himself to be diddled by a measly little foreign beast all were agog for the hero's appearance and curious friends thirsted for a first-hand account of the enforced odyssey 
many speculated as to the probability of jim being sobered by untoward experience into becoming a truly respectable duke and a few made original observations anent a much-quoted leopard and his unchangeable spots in this way was the statement that men are not born gossips contradicted for the eveless edens of st james's street pell-mell and piccadilly resembled a village sewing-class in mid-career the drawing-rooms as was natural interested themselves chiefly in leah and chafed that she should become an unexpected duchess hitherto lady jim's skilful manoeuvring had saved her reputation but as animals fall upon the wounded of their kind so did the pack of hounds she had never hunted with fling itself forward full-voiced and open-mouthed rejoicing women cried her sins on the house-top with surprising details she must have encouraged dr demetrius shamefully else he never would have gone to such lengths though why he should do so for such a woman it was impossible to understand they had never admired her said the pure-minded and had always suspected her of being no better than she should be poor mr askew too had she not put an end to a family matrimonial arrangement by her arts had she not inveigled him to paris in the hope that he would marry her in haste to repent at leisure certainly aware of her character before it was too late he had sailed to the south pole or north pole or to somewhere she could not follow as she was certainly dying to do her vanity was insatiable she had flirted quite indecently with sir billy richardson though he was but an infant lately breeched julia hengist had only snatched her lord from the claws of this harpy by the merest the very merest chance and the money she wasted oh why the bailiffs had twice and thrice been in the curzon street house also she was so lucky at bridge that she assuredly must cheat and it showed what a black leg she was that no one had ever caught her cheating then her dresses were ridiculous for a woman with her poor husband's income she had ruined him completely that was why he ran away in a dying condition and the money had not gone to discharge lawful debts she never paid anything therefore she must have spent the cash on some secret vice which she certainly must have since she always posed as being so very correct she ought to be cut she ought to be in jail whipping was too good for her put her in a pillory and throw stones at her and let such a creature be anathema maranatha for ever and ever and ever amen but for all this throwing of stones by ladies who were without sin leah had her supporters in some who must have been wicked since they declined to condemn her wholesale on hearsay evidence these pointed out that she had behaved admirably when jim's supposed death had been reported the late marquis of frith was himself deceived by the likeness of the corpse to his brother though of course there were family reasons for such a likeness also the old duke had paid the curzon street debts which so good a man would not have done had they been of a questionable character and the very respectable hengists kind things spoke highly of lady jim's patience under trying domestic difficulties caused by an unfaithful husband besides leah poor dear persecuted woman was now the duchess of pentland and could do no wrong she was a misunderstood angel hilda frith doted on her and every one knew how very very particular hilda frith was 
to decry a woman who had suffered so much and who had so nobly borne suffering was a crime worse was a blunder seeing that the latest duchess would assuredly sway society to bless her dam at her good pleasure the peerage the immaculate peerage of great britain and ireland would stand or fall by leah pentland as a perfect example of what a titled woman should be in this way raged the war of tongues while lionel in mr hall's company and with the assistance of scotland yard officials sought for the missing prodigal strange playing the game with characteristic stubbornness refused to indicate the whereabouts of his victim's floating prison and as the stormy petrel under a new coat of paint with readjusted rigging and bearing a prettier but unknown name could not be found in any shipping list there appeared little prospect of finding the kidnapped the telegraph wires sizzled in the air and under the sea with messages to home and foreign ports bills with jim's portrait and a most flattering description were scattered broadcast a reward large enough to tempt mammon himself was offered in every journal and in many languages and the journals themselves denounced the police authorities who were merely mortal poor scapegoats for not producing a mislaid nobleman in five minutes it was an enjoyable time for armchair critics who on insufficient evidence knew exactly what should be done and blamed the police confronted with hard facts for not doing it as to the culprit he might have been nero judas iscariot and captain dreyfus rolled into one from the obliquity which was heaped upon him since he refused to produce his prisoner inquisitive people were frantic with annoyance one enthusiast even suggested that torture should be used to make him speak another considered that so recalcitrant a brute should be starved into submission a third that he should be offered a free pardon on condition that he sent back a regretted duke to his lonely wife but strange chuckling over the storm he had raised hugged his secret close hall the ducal lawyer knew what his terms were and if hall did not choose to accede he would have to remain without an aristocratic client hall however had no notion of losing the money with which the accession of lord james kames to a wealthy title would probably fill his pockets still strange's terms were too preposterous to consider for one moment he had to consider them for a fortnight all the same and finding that they did not vary he came down to consult lady jim after a lengthy interview with the rev lionel kames at lambeth even though jim had risen from the dead leah had not laid aside her mourning indeed she added fresh crape to show her grief for the recent deaths and greeted the lawyer with the air of one to whom life is a burden and so it was to her at the moment the funereal atmosphere of the great house the delicacy of her position until jim returned to tell her that all was safe and the constant boredom of listening to hilda's wordy lamentations these things wore her out and mr hall noted that she looked fatigued natural very natural thought mr hall unfortunately aloud what is natural asked leah seeing his eyes on her the man's parchment cheeks reddened i beg your pardon duchess i did not intend to speak aloud a trick of mine when i am interested bad habit bad habit i was thinking that you looked weary natural very natural weary leah placed her elbows on the table which stood between them i tell you what mr hall unless you bring my husband back soon i shall take to drink my dear duchess 
well and don't men take to drink when they are worried what better can a poor woman do than imitate the lords of creation you are so inconsistent what about my particular lord has the beast spoken out no he refuses to speak save on his own terms which are i may say preposterous extremely so leah thought of the price to be paid for the imprisonment strange was now undergoing and smiled dryly he is the kind of man who would ask for the sun and get it she added as an afterthought whether he gets it is for you to determine duchess oh she looked at him sharply am i to arbitrate quite so quite so a very well-chosen word arbitrate he chuckled heartily and adjusted his pince-nez and the joke mr hall it might almost be one duchess so preposterous is the demand of this man he refuses to reveal the whereabouts of his grace unless prepare yourself for a surprise unless he is set free now then duchess mr hall threw himself back in his chair and flung open his frock-coat is that not preposterous i can't see it myself replied leah coolly he seems to be a very sensible man but but he ought to be punished i fear he would not agree with you there is this what you have come to see me about yes all attempts to find the duke have been made in vain the resources of civilization are exhausted only one thing remains to accede to the prisoner's terms i saw the reverend lionel kames and he agrees not to prosecute now i come to you to ask me not to prosecute exactly exactly the man attempted to blackmail you and the reverend mr kames if neither one of you will prosecute the magistrate will be obliged to dismiss the case for want of evidence and then then captain strange that is his name isn't it will send jim back i question it i question it once free he may again attempt to blackmail that is he may refuse to surrender his prisoner without money being paid i do not agree with you said leah mendaciously the man has had a fright and will not trust himself again into the lion's mouth besides even if he did try to blackmail we could refuse and he can't keep my husband for ever on board his dirty little boat a prisoner who cannot be ransomed would be expensive to keep jim has an enormous appetite hall smiled at the aristocratic jest true true you put the case concisely very concisely i may say the question is whether it is right to set the man free and trust to an honour which i fear he does not possess leah thought for a few minutes playing her part to perfection it appears that captain strange very wisely will not open his mouth so long as he is shut up if set free he promises to be amenable to reason of two evils i choose the least as mr kames has done that means you will not prosecute yes let the man go and probably my husband will arrive within the week how can it be done very easily to-morrow or the next day strange can be brought before the magistrate but as neither you nor mr kames will appear the charge will be dismissed and then then my dear duchess he will vanish into the world and we shall have to trust to the honour of an admitted blackmailer it is really a terrible dilemma cried the lawyer dismally and forms such an evil precedent oh a most deadly blow at justice i assure you not at all contradicted leah coolly we can say that captain strange turned king's evidence but my dear duchess what's the use of talking she snapped impolitely i've told you what to do go and do it 
really pardon me if i am rude but i am not fit to talk and she hurried out of the room glad that she had settled the matter thus hall departed to london reflecting that the rudeness of the duchess was quite explicable under the circumstances but resenting it all the same to punish her he had a great mind to delay the return of the duke until his good sense or his avarice told him that this would be a costly price to pay for a petty revenge in this way captain strange triumphed as most people can by simply holding his tongue as no evidence was forthcoming when he presented himself before the magistrate he could not be committed for trial and after a few formalities walked out of the dingy court a free man hall followed him as quickly as was consistent with the dignity of a lincoln's inn field solicitor but stepped into the open air to find his bird had flown nor did inquiries at the third-rate strand hotel result in an interview the buccaneer warned of possible danger never reappeared to claim the carpet-bag which held a few shirts and oddments he disappeared apparently into the air as did macbeth's fortune-tellers hall was vexed as he had intended strange should be shadowed by detectives of this the astute sailor might have been aware as he gave no chance to the bloodhounds of the law and we have to depend upon his honour about restoring the duke thought hall with anguish it might have eased his mind had he known that the dependence was really to be placed on six thousand pounds being paid within a stated period but of that he was ignorant and leah did not think it necessary to comfort her legal adviser in any way indeed she needed comfort herself sorely for when a week passed and jim did not reappear she began to think that strange was contriving some new villainy perhaps he was about to put up his price and leah was determined not to ransom jim at any greater sum than that she had already agreed to the newspapers were filled with astonished paragraphs about the inexplicable conduct of the authorities in connection with strange's acquittal and some kind friends sent the most spiteful of these to the waiting wife leah did not read the opinion of cranks set forth in inferior english and was much more taken up with a letter from katinka aksakoff it was not easy to answer such a letter yet she would be compelled to reply mademoiselle aksakoff wrote indignantly saying that she did not believe the statements of the papers concerning the conspiracy of constantine demetrius she denied that such a nobleman would act in so base a way and reminded leah of their conversation on the terrace at monte carlo you then said that you did not love him complained the letter and insisted that he did not love you but if he kidnapped your husband so that you might be free to marry him he must love you and you have lied but i cannot believe that you would break my heart in this way nor can i credit so honourable a man with such conduct katinka then went on to say that demetrius had not been seen since he crossed to paris where was he did lady jim know if so let her tell the writer or else then the epistle ended with a vague threat about hunting out demetrius and learning the truth and when i do ran the final line your conscience will tell you if we are to be friends or foes this challenge as it truly was came from paris where katinka was stopping at the russian embassy it had been registered to ensure delivery a most unpleasant letter leah felt inclined to tear it up 
but some instinct told her that katinka aksakoff was a persistent girl with much obstinacy in her character if no reply came she would probably hasten to firmingham for an interview and lady jim did not care about having the second honeymoon of herself and her restored husband spoilt by the scene which would surely take place after destroying several sheets of note-paper she produced a concise reply saying as little as ever she could nevertheless she was forced to say much she would have preferred left unsaid captain strange said lady jim's reply declared that demetrius had so conspired but he had been set free and had disappeared what he said might be true or might not nothing could be known for certain unless lord james returned and up to the date of the letter he had not put in an appearance demetrius certainly had come to paris not to see the writer but to interview monsieur aksakoff about a possible pardon at the henri trois hotel the doctor had been seized with a fit and a dr helfmann had taken charge of him since then wrote lady jim i have not seen him however i enclose a letter which he sent me on the day i left paris it would seem that he has gone to russia and i hope katinka will follow him there said leah after adding a few judas words of endearment aksakoff might keep her on his volga estate she'll only make mischief if she comes to england i'll warn her father of that and she did for m aksakoff received a letter which hinted that his daughter might prove to be a possible firebrand and so the matter for the time being ended but jim had not yet arrived seven days passed and the eighth night since the buccaneer's release closed in leah felt distrained terribly and hardly ate or slept hilda did what she could to cheer her up but not knowing the whole truth could do very little lady jim declined to take drugs as her last experience of these had shown her how they aged people though that might have been her fancy all she could do and did do was to keep a tight rein on her emotions and beyond looking pale and a trifle haggard no one could have told that she was in any way disturbed joan was a great comfort to her in those days of strain and so was lionel with his prophecies that all would yet be well but leah had no one to whom she could tell the whole shocking truth and it was desperately trying to a woman whose nervous system was almost wrecked to hold her tongue these still waters were running very deep she found a certain relief in motion and while hilda wept and wailed that the bodies of her dear husband and his father had never been cast ashore for christian burial leah's motor-car tore round the country through storm and sunshine she would not even take a chauffeur but engineered the machine herself providence or the fetish that stood to her in place of it watched over her escapades she met with no accident not even the most trivial although in her reckless driving she did her best to reduce the car to matchwood like a witch on a broomstick she flew round the country frantic and insistent as though she sought the enjoyment of some wizard sabbath the motor flung mile after mile behind with a buzz and a hum and the speed of a destroyer buffeting a rough sea leah with her hand on the lever swooped down narrow lanes spun furiously along the king's highway crashed through scared villages and raced the setting sun to the verge of the astonished lands it was the extreme danger of these flights which delighted and strengthened her and if she had a large bill to pay for breaking every known law in the county policeman's notebooks it was easy for the duchess of pentland to pay for such frolics the thrill the dash 
the knowledge of power the governance of a flying bombshell these things were worth double treble quadruple the money she was inebriated with danger exalted by the constant nearness of death and like a she satan defiantly self-sufficient scorned both god and man of woman needless to say she took no account whatsoever then came one memorable night riotously wild with wind and rain with gleaming lamps at top speed facing the wrath of conflicting elements battling under a stormy sky she drove her machine roaring up the avenue a quick turn of the hand and she stayed it fuming and whirring like a live thing before the porch contrary to custom the door was open against the light she saw lionel and in a moment guessed the inevitable leaving the chauffeur to attend to the monster this mrs frankenstein sprang up the steps and dragged lionel under the glare of the electric lamp a look into his face redoubled the beat of her heart there sure enough she saw what she expected to see take me to him she breathed still retaining her grip on his arm but are you quite prepared he is in the library and leah flung the curate away so forcibly that he staggered against the wall she was out of the hall she was at the library door she was in the library itself and all in two quick-drawn breaths hello leah said a well-known voice in a well-known manner she did not answer but stared with a bloodless face possessed entirely by the devil of hysteria then she dropped without a cry or a word like a blood mare she had held out to the winning post and thus paid the price of victory End of chapter twenty nine